management class. I am Gabe Morenzi. We're throwing it down. It's the Wicked Wednesday. Ryan Radke will uh, join us a little bit later on. Westwood One uh, Radio, uh, play-by-play voice of the National Football League. Of course, longtime play-by-play voice of Nevada and the Wolfpack in Reno, Nevada. Reno, 911. So the Houston Rockets trade James Harden to the Brooklyn Nets in a four-team uh, mega deal. And let's just try to sort of break it down here as far as um, who got who and what got what and who got better. So the Houston Rockets, these guys, you know, man, the Houston Rockets uh, basically were like a, a Black Lives Matter protester in Kentucky. All right. They were screwed. And <laughs> I just came up with that analogy on the spot, but I was fitting. Uh, I guess I could have named it somewhere else. But um, like the rocket, the Rockets were screwed. All right, they had no, uh, you know, they had no options. James Harden wasn't going to play for them. James Harden, like, was you know, clearly partying, didn't care, was out of shape, was late, didn't care about his teammates. So they didn't have a choice. And I think that basically Demarcus Cousins wanted to like punch him in the face, and others uh, actually. We can get into that a little bit later on. So. Uh, you've got um, James Harden forces his way out. He gets what he wants in the end. But it's amazing to me, you know, people are calling out the, the Houston Rockets right now for not getting Ben Simmons out of this. Well, the reason they didn't get Ben Simmons, and I'm not even Ben Simmons' biggest fan, but the Philadelphia 76ers um, evidently aren't smoking meth. That's why they didn't give you Ben Simmons for James Harden. I don't even like Ben Simmons, and it's laughable. I'd hang up on you. And we knew that everybody would just have to hold out, and you'd be able to get Harden for whatever you really wanted to. You'd be able to name it. And Brooklyn named it, but you guys overbid here, like big time. So Houston, Houston's getting uh, Brooklyn's three uh, unprotected first-round draft picks in 2022, 2024, and 2026. But then they get to uh, swap picks if they want in 2021, 2023, 2025, and 2027. The Rockets also get Cleveland's first round pick. And oh yeah, they also got Victor Oladipo out of the deal. And more. Like, it's, it's incredible to me what Brooklyn gave up for James freaking Harden playing it. What is the winning edge? It's sports news you can use. And you can only get it right here. We are the Sports Grid Radio Network. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. You're listening to a different kind of sports talk. We're not just talking about sports, but talk about sports you can use. Get the winning edge. This is the Sports Grid Radio Network. My name's Bobby and I am an addict. Hey, Bobby. Bye. You know, you folks aren't here because you're gamblers. You are here because you are terrible gamblers. Okay, Bobby. These folks don't need to stop doing what they're doing. They just need to get better at it. 
Late night anger management class. This is Sports Rage. I am Gabriel Brents. We'll throw it down. Ryan Radke will join us a little bit later on. We'll get into the Buccaneers and the Saints from a man that's going to be doing it on the radio. Westwood One uh, Radio uh, Network said, I've got fond memories. Uh, you know how many times I've listened to Sunday Night Football uh, over the years, Westwood One uh, Radio Networks, and even you know Sunday afternoon uh, football. I'm old school, man, listening to games on the radio. So we're just talking about this deal uh, right now. And, you know, listen, as, as I stated, I think everybody's happy right now. If you're Brooklyn, you don't, like, if you look at the way Brooklyn is operating right now, and it's not a good way to operate a sports team, but... I get it, and it's okay. I would say it's okay to operate like this if you've had success before doing it, right? Basically, Brooklyn are trying to buy a championship. You know what I'm saying? Like, they're trying to just, they're they're signing anyone that, any big-time player, but it's overkill, and it's already combustible as it is. You already have a problem with Kyrie Irving. And, you know, when he took that first night off, I didn't make much of it. I thought it was just sort of to avoid getting fined because uh, you're supposed to play every night now this year. And I don't understand that. I love the NBA and I think Silver does a great job, but I never understood the irony of this, that all these years, players have like sat out, you have stiff fans, and now there's no fans and suddenly you're fining teams for players not playing. (laughs) And now, this is when teams are actually screwed. Short offseason, you're wanting to play this long season. Even the NHL wasn't stupid enough to do that. Even the NHL was like, no, no, we'll do 56 games. We're not playing 72 games, right? But you know, it was all about getting on TV for Christmas time. But nevertheless, so, you know, but you've got Kyrie Irving. And when he had that first night off for personal reasons, dude, he went off the night before, guys. The last game that Kyrie Irving played, didn't he have like 50 points or whatever the hell it was? I remember we bet on him. He was 7-7 seven to seven in the first quarter. And you would figure, wouldn't you figure, well, hey, look, uh, things are going good for Kyrie. Kevin Durant didn't play. Kyrie's back home. He drops, uh, you know, he drops a million points in a the game. They win the game. Should be happy, right? You want to be the man, you're the man. You wanted to be the guy and all this. Right. Kyrie Irving's one of these guys. He wants to be paid like the guy. But then he says, I don't like being famous. I don't you know, I don't like doing interviews. I don't like, you know, now he doesn't like playing basketball. Like, just retire that. Like, I don't I don't really understand what part of this you don't understand, bro. Number one. Yeah, you're going to have to like, you're, yes, you're famous. And I like the fact that he's he says that, you know, Kyrie Irving doesn't like the spotlight, doesn't want to talk to anybody, just wants to play basketball. But then he does a movie about himself. <laughs> so do you want the media to talk about you then when they promote your movie? I mean, we're talking about a guy that did call a Boston radio station. Boston Celtic fans were ripping him and he called in with like a fake voice, but it wasn't too fake. It was him. Like he called the Boston radio station and he defended Kyrie Irving and he started throwing the other people on the team under the bus. You guys, you know, maybe don't know the real truth. And the hosts are like, oh my God, this is Kyrie Irving. And he hung up. <laughs> Right. So like, you know, like really this, so you're already dealing with this. Kevin Durant. I like Kevin Durant. I think he's a great player. I was a big fan of his coming into the league. It's too bad. He's turned into a nut job, but you know, I like Kevin Durant still, but Kevin Durant argues with 14 year old kids on Twitter that think Steph Curry is better than he is. So you're not exactly dealing with the, you know, mentally toughest room and unit as it is. 
You got Kyrie Irving who doesn't show up. You've got Kevin Durant who shows up, plays his ass up, but then goes back home and gets on Twitter under different names and gets into it with people that don't think, you know, kiss his ass enough. Um, he's a nut job. Now you bring in James Harden, one of the, the most selfish player in the NBA. Literally and figuratively, the most selfish player in the NBA. And oh yeah, you're coached by Steve Nash that was one of the worst offensive players ever. All these Steve Nash was fun and all that. Steve Nash put up big numbers. You know who else put up big numbers? The guy that Steve Nash was guarding. Um, so you got Steve Nash, Mike D'Antoni. Oh, that's worked out well with uh, Harden and D'Antoni in the past. They played a ton of defense. Yeah, that, that was great. Like, like it's, it's a disaster. You know what I mean? Like, honestly, I could live with this if... I could live with this if... If it was a deal where Kyrie Irving was happy right now and he was showing up every day and he was happy and he was into this and there aren't reports that he's pissed off they don't consult him and he doesn't like Steve Nash and um, and him and, and KD aren't talking. So it's not like they're bringing, and Harden is like a fat ass that's out of shape and it's a malcontent. You know the first thing Harden thought about is, oh, what's the local, where's the closest strip club I'm gonna go to, right? Oh, I'm gonna be in New York now. You're gonna find out though, Harden, people in New York aren't gonna kiss your ass, bro. Right? It's a different atmosphere there than it is gonna be in Houston. And you know, there's just there's no defense, there's no heart on this team, and they've sold their soul for the rest of eternity. And I say sold their soul because the Nets remind me, and I was there for it, and I used to go to their games when they were bad and they started to get good. And I caught on. There was like a it was like a movement. And it was with D'Angelo Russell and Spencer Dinwiddie and Karis LeVert and Jared Allen and, um, and Joe Harris and Coach Atkinson. And, man, they were like the sixth seed. And you know, their seventh seed or whatever. Like, they weren't even the eighth seed. I think they were the sixth seed in the damn playoffs. Like, they actually, like, made the playoffs. They went six games with Philadelphia. Like, they, oh, they battled. They'd go five and went six, but they were, they were in every damn game. The only reason they lost the games is because um, Jared Allen was a kid. He was getting pushed around by Embiid. And watching him, you're like, man, if the Brooklyn Nets just got like a badass power forward and, you know, just a badass power forward, these guys will sort of be a real thorn in people's sides for real. And what do they do? Oh, let's get rid of D'Angelo Russell. Let's fire Coach Atkinson. Let's bring in Kyrie Irving. Let's bring in Kevin Durant. Now let's bring in James Harden. Let's hire Steve Nash as our coach that's never coached before. Uh, let's bring in Mike D'Antoni that's 70 years old and just said he was going to retire. And uh, oh, but no, now he's back. Like, you know, it's just, it's a recipe for disaster. I get it. I think younger people like it because younger people just look at numbers. And as I stated, I could buy into this. Uh, Matthias, I don't know how you feel about the deal, but if, if Kyrie Irving was happy and Kyrie Irving was balling and, and James Harden was in shape and not just a big jerk off, I'd say, you know what, this is pretty cool. I don't even think Kyrie Irving's gonna like this deal. I don't think he wants to share the ball with James Harden now. And I don't know about KD. And when people say, oh, I'm sure they were consulted, I don't know if they were consulted. I mean, KD probably was told, but I don't think I don't think Kyrie is. Kyrie's not even showing up, guys. He's not even taking anyone's calls. You think they're gonna call him about a trade, right? Like it's it's a mess already, bro. Maybe and now people made them the second choice. They're the co-favorites, Matthias, with the Lakers now. That's laughable.
It is, but at the same time, I think to myself, if James Harden is able to get in shape, which I think he will by the playoffs, but at that point actually have some sort of chemistry with that team and Kyrie's playing his best basketball, that team could be from the laughing stock right now to possibly an NBA champion. They do have the talent. That's the scary thing. You know, we keep saying, you know, is this team going to be able to play some defense? Is this team going to be able to actually get in shape, you know, to just to start things off? But if they do, you know, these guys are superstars. At the same time, we're thinking about Kyrie Irving and James Harden. Those are talented, talented, gifted players. So if they get their you-know-what together – then I think they could go deep, especially because they're in the East. If they were in the West, it's a different story. But being in the Eastern Conference, I think that they could do some special things if they get their head in the right place. Yeah, you just said the word if like 16 times. There's a, there's a lot of ifs. There are were, there were a lot of ifs uh, in there. And, you know, I'll tell you what. Ideally, in a video game setting, in a simulation setting. Yeah, I guess this Brooklyn team could be dangerous. You know, can they actually last? Will Kevin Durant last without getting hurt? Can Kyrie Irving last the full season? Will, can James, will James Harden play defense? No, 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 no. We do this 24 hours a day, working hard to bring you the news you can use. Get on the grid. We are the Sports Grid Radio Network. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Our goal is subtle, but profound. We want you, Sporto, to hold court at the company water cooler every Friday and Monday. Get it? That's the winning edge. All you gotta do is listen. This is the Sports Grid Radio Network. Let me get this straight. You took all the money you made franchising your name and bid it against the Harlem Globetrotters? Uh, I thought the generals were due! He's spinning the ball on his finger! Just take it! Take the ball! That game was fixed. They were using a freaking ladder, for God's sakes. This is Sports Rage. I am Gabriel Morensi. The countdown to kickoff is on. National Football League uh, playoffs. The Rams and the Packers are the first ones up. And uh, now the Packers are the ones with some injury uh, issues. Buffalo Bills and the Baltimore Ravens expected to be raining now on Saturday night in uh, Buffalo. Bills up to two and a half uh, right now. No movement as far as the uh, the side is concerned with Cleveland and Kansas City. The Chiefs have been 10-point favorites all week. The total keeps climbing, though, all the way up to 57 and a half uh, right now. And we'll get into the Bucks and the Saints game in our next uh, segment with the man that's going to be doing uh, the game on Westwood One uh, Radio. A lot of emotion uh, tonight, a lot of passion and anger on the network, or at least on our shows, uh, game time decisions. And then once again tonight, uh, the raging redhead Cam, uh, Cam Stewart was very surly. And I like this this NBA deal is just making people mad in all different like aspects of it. But that's the beautiful thing about sports, right? Um, we get mad about dumb things that we shouldn't get mad about. But uh, me and Lou yelled at each other for 10 minutes today about what the weather in Green Bay was going to be uh, this Saturday. So as far as Houston is concerned, like between all these picks, guys, and my big deal with this is 
Brooklyn is trying to take a page out of like the Yankees old playbook, right? It's New York. You got to understand the dynamic there, okay? The Brooklyn Nets play at the Barclays Center in Brooklyn. It's a nice arena. The thing is, they're not from there, right? And it's not like they moved to a city that doesn't have a team. I know, insert joke, New York Knicks. But nobody in Brooklyn grew up a Net fan. They're Nick fans already, all right? They're already Nick fans. So the, the Brooklyn... You know, Brooklyn is kind of in tough in the New York marketplace. So, as I was saying, they had that great young nucleus. They were competing. It was a fun time. And their attendance went from like 8,000 to 14,000 a game. But it's still, you know, the Knicks get 21,000, right? And sell out every night. So, the owner of the Brooklyn Nets, he's a mega gazillionaire. He's got money. So, he just wants to make a splash. And he wants people walking around the streets of New York wearing Brooklyn Net jerseys, right? He's trying to cut into the Knicks territory. And he does it in a sense where he makes a name nationally, but locally, and I know firsthand from this, is when they got Kevin Durant and they got Kyrie Irving, they sold a bunch of season tickets after that. It wasn't like people that wanted to go to the games. It was just like uh, people that sell tickets for a living, right? You know, and then they got screwed over because now there's no fans. It's crazy how, you know, the marketplace changed for a lot of people. So Brooklyn's always just looking to make a splash. But at some point, you know, you've, you, you already made a splash. You've got a deal like you you made such a splash. You got a flood right now in your backyard. All right. You got such a nice pool, but the water's flooding everywhere. And and in fact, someone's drowning. Right. You got Kyrie Irving is already flaking out right now. Like to me, they're like if I'm the Brooklyn Nets, the number one priority would have been we've got to deal with Kyrie. Like whatever it takes, like whatever he wants to hear, just tell him and get him back here and let's get this thing going. You know, my solution wouldn't be, you know what? Let's bring in the biggest malcontent in the NBA that every teammate he's ever played with hates. Like, James, nobody likes James Harden. There's a common theme, right? Chris Paul played with them. Didn't think that he tried hard enough. Didn't think that he put enough work in. Didn't think that he played defense. Thought that he basically cost them a chance to beat the Warriors. Say what you will about Westbrook, but Westbrook's in shape, man. Westbrook's in shape, and Westbrook does try hard, right? Yeah, he can't shoot, but he does try hard, okay? So Westbrook tries hard, man, and Westbrook plays through pain and stuff, and Harden is just a jackass, and Westbrook hated him, right? The, what happened the day, I don't know if you remember, Matthias, but basically the second, the second that, um, the second that Westbrook was out of Houston, it was sources close to Houston, right? It was Westbrook. Westbrook basically told the stories of what happened, and so did Trevor Ariza. Like, basically everybody on the way out, like, tells the story now about, about Harden and a different thing about what Harden did to them in a different situation. Like, last year in the playoffs, they were in the bubble. And, and this is even in the bubble. They were in the bubble. They had a film, uh, film session. Day, day of the game, they had a film session in the hotel and it was basically defensive assignments and listen this is what we've got to do and this is what they're going to do and you know what i mean 
Uh, it was like the series already started, so they're like, we got to tighten things up from like the last game. And Harden didn't show up in the playoffs. And D'Antoni, being the chump that he is, stood around and waited for him. And the rest of the team and Westbrook stood up and said, start the damn film session. And he said, well, if we start it now, we'll just have to restart it when James gets here. That's like what we're dealing with. A guy really wants to win, and he's bitching about team chemistry. There was another story about how um, he made them wait on the bus like uh, during the playoffs. He was late for the bus, and the team wanted to leave without Harden, but they couldn't because it was going to be a big scandal that Harden missed the team bus. So they all had to wait, and they got to the game late. You know what I mean? It's just like one of these, you know what I mean? Like we're hearing stories like literally planes, the team charter he's late for. You know, it's just constant practices, film sessions, disrespect. It just didn't start now. This didn't start now. This has been going on forever. All right. And so you're you're pairing this guy with Kyrie Irving and and oh yeah, you're pairing these guys together with a dude that won two NBA final MVPs and played with two of the nicest guys and nicest coaches in the world in Steph Curry, Clay Thompson, and Steve Kerr. In a perfect situation, living in California, making hundreds of millions of dollars. Somebody on the Warriors said, it was during the NBA Finals when the Warriors were playing the Raptors, and there was a lot of talk about KD and what he was doing, and, and everyone sort of knew he was leaving. And I remember Draymond Green said, you're not even a Warrior, right? Like, even like the Warriors didn't like him. And... And an unnamed warrior player was asked, and I remember the quote, and it was basically, they said, what do you think is going to happen with Kevin Durant? And um, it was like, it said like big time player on the Warriors, basically, not just like a bench player. They like said starter or whatever. And like, they said, listen, they said, we do nothing but basically accommodate him, get him the ball. He's won two NBA final MVPs, two championships when he had none before. He lives in Malibu, like he's got a place in like Malibu, whatever, a place in like the Bay Area. Like they said, he's got two houses in California. He's got a $360 million shoe deal. And you know what? And he said, and he goes, he plays for the nicest guy in the league and Steve Kerr and he's still unhappy. And they said, that cat won't be, that, that guy won't be happy anywhere. And look, he wasn't happy in Oklahoma City. He's not happy in, in Golden State, even though they were going to the finals every year. And now he's going to be in Brooklyn. And you know what I mean? How long till KD starts to snap and he gets moody? KD's been the only constant. And you got a problem when KD is your most stable guy in the room, right? Like it's, it's, it's I don't know. The, the odds makers feel different. And I'll tell you what, the odds makers are smarter than I am. So they're, they're buying in. They're buying in. I mean, suddenly Brooklyn are the second choice to win the title uh, right now, which I, I think is just crazy talk. As I said, so like Brooklyn, I, you know, I tweeted it out earlier. I think the best analogy is, you know, they were a hardworking team. They were a humble team. Atkinson was a great coach. They had a good thing going. They were like the sixth seed uh, in, in the playoffs. They, they shocked everyone. They were on a tear, man, in the second half. They were literally one of the best teams in the NBA from like Christmas on. Um, and what do they do? Let's fire the coach, right? Let's fire the coach. Yeah, why not? Why not? Why do you fire the coach? Well, I don't know. KD and Kyrie aren't really sure about him. Well, Kyrie's not even here. 
And oh yeah, by the way, Kyrie doesn't like Steve Nash now. So I guess every time you know Kyrie is in a bad mood, you're gonna fire the coach, right? Basically, these guys, you're like, it was like a husband, and uh, you know he had a he had a real cute uh, you know girl next door wife. They were happily married, and uh, they started to make a little bit more money. They moved into a nicer neighborhood. And then suddenly the husband starts like banging the neighbor because she's like a trophy uh, piece. And then one of the trophy pieces isn't enough. He starts banging another trophy piece. And then you know what, that's not enough. I need another one now. Well, it's like, dude, if your self-esteem wasn't settled after the first one, it probably won't be after the third one. And it's the same theory here. You already have Kyrie Irving. You already have Kevin Durant. It's not like, you know what, oh yeah, you know what we need? We really need James Harden. You know what I mean? There's other players in the league that you can say, you know what, we got to get this guy, actually. This guy's a good player, and he's serious, and he wants to win. Yeah, James Harden. Like, seriously, Karis LeVert, consider yourself lucky. And the Pacers, you look at all that Pacers talent, and we've told you guys in the past, we've told you for years, Karis LeVert, if given the op, if Karis LeVert was on a bad basketball team and took a million shots, Karis LeVert would score like 27, 28 a night. In the Pacers system, you know, he's probably checking in at 18, 20 type of thing as he gets accustomed and gets uh, fit in. You notice Brogdon's going off, but Brogdon's not a scorer. Brogdon's not a natural scorer type. Harris is. Throwing Harris into that rotation here with TJ Warren as well is going to be a lot of fun. I'm telling you what, the Pacers going to be a load to deal with. Bring it. Remember, you can listen to Sports Grid on the radio, TV, satellite, or the internet. To make it any easier, we'd have to move in with you. And nobody wants that. This is the Sports Grid Radio Network. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Don't think of us as a place to just hear sports talk. Think of us more as an all-you-can-listen buffet of live odds, lines, matchups, injury reports, and news you can use. We are the Sports Grid Radio Network. Sports Rage Late Night continues. I am Dave Lorenz. We're kicking it. Series XM Channel 204. The countdown to kickoff uh, is on. Tons of anticipation. We're down to the Elite Eight right now in the National Football League. And, of course, one of the matchups is a, a matchup of all-time great uh, quarterbacks. And, in fact, it's actually the oldest quarterback matchup in the history of the National Football League. 85 years old. And it's amazing because all four quarterbacks in the AFC are like a combined like 99 years old what a dichotomy and let's bring in a man that's going to be calling the game westwood one radio the voice of sunday night uh, football ryan radke steps up and then joins us ryan thanks a lot for taking the time to be with us tonight how you doing i'm doing great gabe how are you hey we're doing uh, we're doing great i'm a buffalo bill fan so i'm very excited i'm not used to playing football at this time of the year right <laughs> <laughs> I, I, hey i understand that what a what a great story that's been to watch what they've done this year 
Oh, it really is. I'm really excited. Now, how about that dichotomy, though? So you're going to be doing Tom Brady and Drew Brees. And first off, before we get into that, you know, I know, listen, you've done a lot of big games. You've been a broadcaster a long time. And I think, you know, as sports fans and even those of us in the media at times can sort of take things for granted and just sort of think it's normal. But it's quite an honor calling Tom Brady, Drew Brees in a playoff game, isn't it? Yeah, I don't think there's any doubt about it. It's definitely one of those you want to just sit back for a minute, you know, before the game kicks off and, and appreciate where you are and, and what you're doing. I mean, you're talking about two of the best that have ever done it. And I know they've already met twice this season, and this will be the third time. But uh, when you get an opportunity to see greatness like that in person, uh, it's something you have to appreciate, especially because we don't know how much longer this will go on. A lot of rumors that this will be it for Drew Brees at, at the end of this season. Obviously, Brady says he wants to uh, he wants to keep going, but uh, you know it, it's maybe the last time that we get to see something like this. So definitely something you want to appreciate. You know, as far as Drew Brees, I'm glad you brought that up, right? We don't really know, right? I mean, there's never really been the official. Yeah, this is it, right? There's sort of a, an assumption. We don't know. What's your gut instinct tell you? Is you know is you this know, the last the last time we're seeing Drew Brees play football in these playoffs? Yeah, I mean, you know, obviously I don't have any inside information. I haven't sat down and talked to Drew Brees or anyone around Drew Brees or anything like that. Uh, I did the Pro Bowl last year, and that was a big topic uh, during the Pro Bowl last season. Was it was that going to be the last time we saw Drew Brees on a football field? And uh, he decided to come back and, and play again. Um, you know, all the chatter now has been that, that he's going to uh, move on uh, at the end of the season. So if I had to guess, and it would purely be a guess, I would probably lean towards, yeah, I think he's done. I mean, he's been through a lot uh, this season, obviously, with the injury that he went through. 11 broken ribs is insane. Uh, for him to, to come back from that. Um, obviously, the stuff that, that went on in, in uh, the offseason, there was some friction between he and his teammates, although it seems like that got uh, patched up and, and that was all good and has been all good going into the season. So I, I don't know, but if I had to guess, I, I would probably lean towards saying that, yeah, uh, this might be it. And so uh, if they don't win uh, on Sunday night, it may be the last time we see Drew Brees on, a, on an NFL field. It really is crazy, isn't it? As we're conversation with Rod Radke, play by play voice, Westwood One uh, Radio Networks, uh, doing the Saints and the Buccaneers game. As you mentioned, um, you know, there was some friction, and it was, of course, uh, related to the anthem. But there's been so much friction in the world. Doesn't that feel like it was like 20 years ago? It was like, what? Yeah. Oh, oh, that? <laughs> well, I mean, oh, that's nothing. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Yeah. Right? It's like, oh, that's nothing. And you're right. You know, I don't think that, that that's an issue at all, but I get. I get where you're going with that. Let me ask you, because we hear the cliche, and I'm sure you've said it before, I've said it before. Well, it's awfully tough to beat a team three times in the same year. But actually, the numbers tell us it really isn't. And I just saw an interesting uh, interesting stat that, so 17 times, guys, the team at home that won the first two games are actually 12-5 and five at home. What do you, what, what's been always been your feeling about a team playing each other for the third time and a team won the first two games yeah I, I think I've always had that feeling that, that it is tough to beat a team three times but you're right the numbers don't support that this is going to be the 33rd time overall that two teams have been in the playoffs after one team swept the regular season and the team that, that swept in the regular season they're 20 and 12 in those third meetings so the numbers say that it's not hard to beat a team uh, for a third time um, I don't know you know I, I'm all, I always go back and forth on these things that it's it's on one hand it's interesting and the numbers back it up but does it really matter when you get on the field 
I don't know. I, I, I tend to go back and forth. I think the Buccaneers are playing really, really well right now. I think they would tell you they're playing better now than they were at any point when they played the Saints during the regular season. Don't forget, one of those losses was week one. Um, and that's not to take anything away from the Saints winning that game, but uh, the Buccaneers had just come together without any sort of offseason program and uh, were just kind of getting acquainted with each other and lost that game. Then again, a few weeks later, after they had had plenty of time to get acquainted, the Saints blew them out uh, in Tampa Bay. So uh, it'll be interesting to see how, how it bears out. I, I do think the Bucks are playing much better right now. I think they're playing uh, very confident football. But I'll tell you this, the interesting thing to me in this game, all the talk we're all going to do about Breeze and Brady going in, the defenses, I think, are the ones to really watch in this game. Both teams have really, really good defenses. They may be the ones that ultimately decide this as opposed to the quarterbacks. Uh, Ryan Racky uh, with us. So, you know, so you look at last week and there was so much talk about, well, if Washington are going to be in this game and if Washington are going to be able to beat Tampa, they're going to hang their hat on their defense. They're going to, you know, it's defense, defense, defense. Yet we saw Tom Brady was successful throwing the football. They couldn't really get much pressure. They couldn't shut down the intermarry, um, you know, passing attack. New Orleans presents a different challenge, though, don't they? Talk to us about the New Orleans Saints defenses. Everybody talks about Kamara, Michael Thomas. People talk about Sean Payton, and obviously it's flashy, or it has been in the past, but this is actually pretty much a lunch pail football team right now. Yeah, and I think the difference between Washington and New Orleans, Washington is really good. I had their game against Philadelphia in the final week of the season. They won to go to the playoffs. That defense is really good, but they are still young in a lot of spots. Uh, and the difference, I think, is the Saints defense is a much more veteran defense. It's also a Saints defense that has played against Tom Brady, that has played against the Bucks. They kind of know what to expect in that realm. And I know that's something Bruce Arians talked about uh, this week, that, that when you have teams that are so much more familiar with what the other side is going to do, that factors in. I think a really interesting matchup in this game, Mike Evans against Marshawn Lattimore. Evans came back after it looked like he had maybe had his season ended by a knee injury. He had over 100 yards last week against Washington. But he's going up against a guy in Lattimore who has been really, really good against him. In fact, this year, if, if my numbers are right, uh, Evans did not have a catch when he was matched up against Marshawn Lattimore. So I'm sure the Saints feel really good about their ability to at least limit Mike Evans a little bit. Obviously, Tampa Bay has a lot of other weapons, but I think that's going to be an interesting matchup to watch. Can the Bucks find a way to get Evans going in that matchup? Because it's not just been this year. Over the course of the last few years, Lattimore's had the upper hand there. And, you know, Mike Evans, I've gained a lot of respect for him this year, Ryan, playing through the pain that he has on a weekly basis. I don't know if uh, Mike's been 100% once this year. Yeah, I mean, you got to respect anybody that goes out there, especially that position where, you know, guys tend to get that diva label and, and you yeah, know, they're yeah. not going to go and they're 100%. Whatever. No, he's a guy that has just been grinding through it. And I'm sure somebody who probably appreciates the opportunity he has. I mean, look, we're talking about a guy that, has put up great stats. I mean, another 1,000-yard season. He's the first player in NFL history to have over 1,000 yards each of his first seven years. But now he's got that chance. He knows he has Tom Brady at quarterback. He knows he has weapons around him. He knows they have a good defense. He knows he's on a team that has a chance to win a Super Bowl. And he's gone out there and been grinding through it week in and week out because you know that's got to be playing in his mind. I've put up all these stats, and that's great. But now I have a chance to win. And that's what all these guys want to do. One player uh, that has stepped up for Tampa 
And, you know, Tampa loaded up with veteran players. The window is um, the window is not a big one for the Buccaneers. And you can tell by, you know, who they signed to their, to their roster. They're all in right now. Leonard Fournette, Antonio Brown, Rob Gronkowski, etc. But Leonard Fournette, great game last week. Uh, that's is How big is Leonard Fournette for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers moving forward? They really haven't had that. They haven't had that threat on the ground at all, but they seem to have found it over the last couple of weeks. And Fournette stepped up big, not just out of the backfield, but four big catches as well. I got to tip my cap. Leonard played some great football last week. Yeah, 130 scrimmage yards. I mean, that was big, especially with Ronald Jones not able to go because of that quad injury. And, and Jones has had a, a good season, a very solid season for Tampa. But with him not out there, they needed somebody to, to step up, and, and Fournette did that almost 100 yards on the ground and, and as I said, about 130 uh, scrimmage-wise. So, I mean, that's big. I mean, you know, it, again, the cliche, it's hard to beat a team three times. The cliche, you got to be able to run the ball if you want to win. I mean, you have to have some measure of balance in that offense. And you look at what Brady did a week ago through the air, his numbers were through the roof. I mean, they were great. But if they don't get that balance with the run, uh, that makes – I mean, we're talking about a game that was a close game. I mean, it came right down to the end. So it's nice to be able to have that balance to go along with Brady and the way he's playing right now. Uh, Ryan Racky with us just for a couple more minutes on Sports Rage Late Night. I am Gabriel Morenzi, Sirius XM Satellite Radio Channel 204, Sports Grid uh, Radio Networks. I am fascinated by these playoffs. You've got Tom Brady and Drew Brees, two veterans that you know, are driven, you know, they've always been driven by winning, and they're both in each other's way right now. You've got Aaron Rodgers, for all of his greatness, he's looking to add another ring. You've got the Los Angeles Rams, who, you know, the upstart Rams, who have been in a Super Bowl uh, before, and you have all the great young quarterbacks in the AFC. This, to me, is as wide open and as fun of a playoff as I can remember in recent memory. Yeah, I would agree with you 100% uh, on that game. I mean, I, I was thinking about it this morning. Just, you know, if somebody says, all right, well, who would you pick? Who's your favorite? It's really hard to make that decision right now because the matchups are intriguing. I mean, you, you talked about, you know, you got Aaron Rodgers and the season he's had and how great he has been, and he's playing at home at Lambeau Field. But he's going up against the number one pass defense in the NFL in the Rams, a team that I think is just kind of – flown under the radar. They've certainly had their issues this year, but, you know, they were terrific. I, I, I had their game last week in Seattle, and give them credit. I mean, they did an outstanding job in going up there uh, and winning that game. We've talked about Breeze and Brady and Bucks and Saints and how close that could be. And then in the AFC, you have those young quarterbacks. You know, you have the, the Josh Allens and the Lamar Jacksons and the Baker Mayfields that are trying to prove that we're at that elite level. We're, we're at that. We, we're, we want to uh, – they're trying to prove that they can be at that point, right, of the Rodgers and the Breeze and the Brady. And then you have Kansas City, who won it all last year, who still is a terrific team, but yet at times this year has kind of had that feel that – Maybe they were sleepwalking a little bit in the regular season. They were going to flip the switch when the playoffs come. Well, now the playoffs are here. Can they flip that switch and be that team that, uh, that they were last year and probably the team that a lot of us would favor if they're playing at, at their highest level? So I agree with you. I think there's a lot of really interesting storylines. I, I do think that it is, is fairly wide open the way things sit right now, and that just makes all these games so much more entertaining. 
Oh, it really is. Like normally, it's like, yeah, yeah, we know the one seed. Uh, yeah, this team is fourteen and two. Those guys are thirteen and three. They're on a collision course. We know they're going to play each other in the Super Bowl. This year, it's different. It's like, yeah, KC are great, but they haven't won a game by more than six points since they beat the Jets on November the first. People are buying into Buffalo. Oh, Buffalo are exciting, but tell you what, Baltimore can beat uh, Buffalo, and it's the same thing in in the NFC. It's like, yeah, Green Bay are great, but you know the Rams just find a way to win. You've got Tom Brady. You've got uh, Drew Brees. It's just so much uh, fun. And, you know, and we're going to see how it uh, all plays out uh, this week. But no matter what happens, we're going to have a great, great um, AFC and NFC Conference Championship matchups and great Super Bowl as well. A uh, great job uh, this year, Ryan. Congratulations on all the success. Thanks a lot for taking the time to be with us uh, on uh, Sports Rage Late Night tonight. My pleasure. Thanks for having me. listening to the Sports Grid Radio Network, doing our part to spread the winning edge nationwide. SportsGrid.com, betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering, real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Your search is over. You found it. What you've been looking for. The definitive culmination of the state of the art of sports sports talk. talk. This is the winning edge. You're listening to the Sports Grid Radio Network. That's the dumbest bet I ever heard of. I disagree. I disagree. Late night anger management class. Thanks a lot. We're acting for joining us on the program. Thanks to the Ranger Redhead Cam Stewart and Ian Cameron as well. Uh, Thursday night throwdown. I think we're going to have a full house uh, tomorrow night, so uh, stay tuned uh, for that. Of course, Teddy. Teddy Covers going to step up and in. So just quickly, as far as the National Hockey League is concerned, there were five games on the board here tonight, so just sort of looking at trends. And there were goals, guys. 6-3 Philadelphia over Pittsburgh. 5-4 Toronto over Montreal. Uh, 5-3 Vancouver over Edmonton, 5-1 Tampa over Chicago, and 4-1. So you notice there wasn't a 2-1 game in the bunch. There wasn't a 1-0 game in the bunch. There wasn't a 3-2 game in the bunch. And I think this is going to be a theme that continues. So so if you look, though, there was five games, and um, the overs went 3-2. So the old, you know, it wasn't it wasn't overwhelming, but still, this stuff adds up. So it was three and two tonight to the over, and uh, the underdogs actually stepped up uh, tonight. The Philadelphia Flyers were small uh, dogs uh, for whatever reason. The the Penguins closed as favorites in that game, um, so they cash a ticket. The Leafs were favorites; they win. The Lightning were big favorites; they win, but they cover on the puck line as well. Vancouver were underdogs, and St. Louis uh, were underdogs. When you're betting on hockey, underdogs are definitely worth a look, all right? They're definitely worth a look, especially this early in the season. And I talked about taking teams that didn't play. I talked about taking teams that didn't play in the playoffs or didn't make it far or, you know what I mean, didn't didn't make the hub. And the Buffalo Sabres are one of them. They get the Washington Capitals out of the gate. The total is six uh, in that game, you got Boston and New Jersey. New Jersey should be another hungry team. The Detroit Red Wings. I'm waiting for Ottawa. That's that's the team I've got uh, circled. I'm waiting for Ottawa to finally play a freaking game. 
Uh, Arizona are small favorites. I think they get it done. I think the San Jose Sharks are uh, they're toothless sharks. They're hammerheads. The late night anger management class returns. First that I throw down at midnight. Other than that, you're on your own. Later. Live odds, lines, matchups, injury reports, and news you can use. This is the Sports Grid Radio Network.